Welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary and this is episode 61. This week I'm excited. I'm starting off, uh, kicking off a four-part series where I am highlighting local Fort Collins entrepreneurs. I live here in Fort Collins, Colorado. So over the next four weeks, I'm going to interview local entrepreneurs who are having massive success and making a big impact in the community and, and those who they interact with. So this week I get to sit down with a friend, R.T. Custer. He is the co-founder and CEO of Vortic Watches. Uh, if you have not heard of Vortic Watches, uh, soon to be, probably will because they have been all over the news. Uh, they've just been part of a, a, a lawsuit against a very, very large watch manufacturer and have come out uh, victor, which is a big, big deal, not only in their industry, probably for all small businesses as a whole. So this episode, RT and I sit down and we talk about growing up uh, in an entrepreneurial family. That was one thing RT was blessed with. He was part of an entrepreneurial family. He grew up with a father who always said to him, RT, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that's exactly what RT has done along with his partner, Tyler. They have, his business partner, Tyler, they have built uh, Vortic watches. And if you're unfamiliar with them, consider them the craft brewer of the watchmaking industry. So they take old pocket watches and turn them into wrist watches. I wear one myself, they are fantastic. So throughout this episode, we talk about RT and Tyler's journey of starting the business. All those moments where they were almost out of business. The moment they got that cease and desist from this conglomerate watchmaker that said, you know, you are counterfeiting our watches. And now what life is like coming out the back end uh, victorious in this lawsuit and where Vortic Watches is headed. They are on to big things, massive things. So I'm excited to do this interview. It's very timely. They've got a great initiative coming out for Veterans Day that we'll talk about. So buckle up. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper. You're going to want to take a lot of notes. And when this episode's over, you are going to want to reach out to RT to grab a watch for you or a loved one. So here we go. Shift your mindset. Well, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I'm excited to have this week a local entrepreneur that has had some massive success in the Fort Collins market, RT Custer, founder, CEO of Vortic Watches. RT, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. So RT, no, RT and I know each other personally, so this will be a fun conversation. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, this month I'm highlighting local Fort Collins entrepreneurs, people who have had a lot of success locally, because one thing you know when you live in the state of Colorado, right, is you are promoting local as often and as much as you can. So for the people listening in RT who have no clue who RT Custer is, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Because I think what makes you unique, and I actually admire it, is you've kind of grown up with that entrepreneurial mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I uh, grew up on a Christmas tree farm just outside <laughs> of Reading, Pennsylvania, about an hour outside of Philadelphia there. Um, and it, the Christmas tree farm was, was started by my great-grandfather in 1941. Um, and so it's always kind of been like the side hustle for my family for the whole time. And the, my, my great grandfather, my grandfather, my father, they all, you know, both my parents, they all had full-time jobs and the tree farm was where we lived. And then obviously we got some revenue 
once a year. Um, so that's how I grew up. Um, studied at Penn State Industrial Engineering. I will not hold that against you. Being I, a Badger yeah, fan. Yeah, and I'll try not to hold that against you. <laughs> and um, and yeah, I graduated um, industrial engineering in uh, 2014 and moved um, here to Fort Collins because I got a job with Walmart in logistics and they have a huge facility um, down in Loveland. Um, and sometime around the, you know, like the last two years of my college career, I met my business partner in Vortec Watch Company, Tyler, and he and I started Vortec Watch Company here uh, in late 2014. But didn't you, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you guys have the idea about the company while you were still at Penn State? On the golf course after class, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, playing the blue course um, at one point, and um, yeah, we just started started talking about watches and where the watches were made and how most watches were, were not made in America. Um, and yeah, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and you know, by the end of the 18, we had a business plan. So, <laughs> and here we are, here what, we are. eight, nine years later? Yeah, the, probably the, almost 10, 10 for years. the idea. Yeah. Wow. Um, started, sold, sold the first watches on Kickstarter in November of 2014. Um, so that's, that's when we actually launched shipped the first watches in like mid to late 2015. Um, so I, I typically say 2015 was like our first year in revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, 2013 is when we call founded the company because that's, you know, all the stuff, you know, you, you go onto the website and get your LLC and all that stuff. We did that in 13. Well, and, and let's go there. I want to ask you that question because if for your listening in right now, if you have heard about Vortec watches recently, there's probably a reason. Uh, they've been all over the news, mm -hmm. which we're going to get to in a little bit. And we're going to talk a little deeper about what they do and the kind of watches they make. They're super unique. If you're watching, I'm wearing one right now, as is RT, of course. Going back to when you guys started the business, because as an entrepreneur, you have started a business that's, you know, for lack of better words, makes widgets, mm -hmm. right? I started a business that's coaching, two different sure. things. Yep. If somebody's listening in that is in that phase where they are thinking about starting a business that's product-based, that's yep. widget-based, yep. what are, I don't know, two or three pieces of advice you would give them starting out? Um, gosh, so probably all the things that we did wrong. Um, like, you know, the whole phrase, if you build it, they will come hundred percent wrong. Um, even if, if you have the greatest product ever, <laughs> if you build the greatest product in the world, if you build the greatest website in the world, but no one knows you exist, yep. you do not exist. And yep. so that's number one. Um, even on Kickstarter, I mean, we spent a lot of time on our Kickstarter campaign and building a Kickstarter campaign is kind of like building a website. You know, it's all live there. It's our whole story. It's all the different things you could buy to support us, like pre-order almost. Um, and we built it. Like we spent a lot of time on it. We spent a lot of time on our video. Um, and then we hit launch. And then we were just like expecting to be millionaires. The next, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, like, we exist. You know, buy our stuff. Um, and obviously none of that happened, you know, so we had to do all the other stuff you actually should do, which is like call all your friends and family and say, I just started a business. Can you support me? Um, so yeah, it's um, spend a lot of time. I guess the advice from that is as much time as you spend building the product, spend a lot more on talking about it. And, and I think that goes in all industries, you know, let's say you wrote a book, right? Everything you talk about all the time is that book. Yep. So anytime I'm anywhere doing anything, I am the face of Vortec Watch Company and I talk about watches. Um, 
so that everybody knows like, oh, that's the watch guy. Cool. He runs Vortec Watch Company. It's in Fort Collins, Colorado. They turn pocket watches into wristwatches. That's cool. So talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Because um, no one else will. Exactly. And that's something I know I personally probably struggled with early on in my coaching business is the self-promotion. Mm -hmm. But you have to come to the realization that no one's going to do it for you. For sure. And we still today, I mean, we've got national press this year already. But we have all kinds of people that email us and they're like, I follow all the watch blogs, I read watch magazines, I do this, this and that, and I've never heard of you. You know, you've been around for seven years, like how? And I'm just like, well, I don't know, you know, but it's, you gotta work really hard for people to know you exist. Yeah, well, let's go there. I mean, who the hell is Vortec Watch? You guys make one unique kind of watch. Most, let's, let's admit, yeah. I'm sure most consumers out there of watches, those that buy the product are thinking Rolex, um, I can't even think of the names that are out there. They're not thinking Vortec. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What makes Vortec so unique? Yeah. So we salvage and restore antique pocket watches and turn them into one of a kind wrist watches. So everything inside the watch is a hundred years old and everything outside of the watch is modern made in Colorado. Hmm. That's, that's what we do. So it's a piece of American history on the wrist. It's a story of American manufacturing on the wrist. Um, we make one watch a day, so that's it. You know, we just a few hundred watches a year. Um, so you, you kind of have to like find the right one and then join the club, you know, to get one. Um, so for all those reasons, like that's what makes us different than obviously somebody like Rolex or Omega, they make, I mean, they just made a thousand watches in this first five minutes of your podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so it's just a, the scale is one, one thing for sure. Well, and I, I think you said this to me when I first was learning what Vortec Watch was, saw a phrase you used that I loved so much was you said you were like the craft brewer mm -hmm. of the watch industry. Yep. And I think that's so true because, you know, again, I'm wearing one right now. Everything is custom made. Yeah. It's not like you're putting a bunch of watches up on the shelf and come into the store and buy which one you want. Yep. You guys are making watches suited to the person, the unique individual who wants to buy one. Yep. And in that analogy, you know, we, we want to become the new Belgium, the next new mm. Belgium, um, but, but for, for Collins and for watches. And so, you know, new Belgium brewing has been around for decades, yep. but they only recently have become a massive company and then got, you know, purchased by an even more massive company. Um, but people not in Colorado didn't really know about them until Decade two, probably. I was going to say, I think I recall New Belgium started with like five employees. Yeah. I mean, it was a husband and wife team, I think, at first. And then, you know, um, I'm sure they they started just like we did, just a handful yep. of people and now hundreds, if not thousands. Which, I was just going to say it's over a thousand employees yeah. now, which is absolutely insane. Two locations Crazy. around the country and all that. And that kind of actually is a great question to ask you. You guys have been in business now for 10 years. You guys are having success. You didn't have success from day one. Mm. Were there any moments in the last 10 years where you were like, holy shit, like, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> um, gosh. Cause yeah, those are so, such good stories for, for I sure. think people who are in that phase to hear because they, they may hit one obstacle right now and they're like, Oh my God, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. You guys have hit more than one. Yeah. I mean, early on, um, most of the issues we had were financing. Um, so like in the first year or so of business, we, in order to make a product, you have to have a lot of upfront capital to, to buy the equipment or buy the raw materials or, or buy, you know, pay contract manufacturers to make it for you and all that stuff. Basically, 
to have inventory, you need money. It's the whole takes money to make money concept. Um, and so really for the first, I would say four years of Vortec Watch Company, I had two jobs. I was the CEO and I was raising money. You know, either I was talking to bankers, investors, mm -hmm. you know, I was starting on Kickstarter, all this stuff. So um, I was constantly trying to find capital uh, to inject into the business. And um, there was a lot of times where we ran out. We literally ran out of money. And it's like, well, we have payroll to make. And so, um, you know, a story I tell a lot of times is like, at one point I sold my car um, and leased a brand new car because if I sold my car, I could cash it out. And I think I put three or $4,000 into our business bank account. And then I got um, a new car um, that was leased. So everybody that worked there thought like, oh, boss got a new car, must be doing great, but we barely made payroll and I used the money from the car to, to do that. And that was years ago. Uh, thankfully, I haven't had to do that. And knock on wood, Vortec Watch Company has never once missed a payroll in all of that's that awesome. time. Especially these uh, days. That's the closest we got. And it was really close. Um, so, so that's cool. Um, wasn't cool in the moment, but I think that's where you're headed, right? And um, yeah, I mean, so, so many times like that where, you know, something really good happened right before something bad would have happened, you know, like a new investor came in or a, a mm -hmm. bank finally approved our request for a line of credit or whatever, right before we were about to face hard times. Um, a, a lot of times it was sales, you know, it was like, we're running out of money, we're running out of money. And then all of a sudden, randomly, we get a, a media hit and we sell more watches than we've ever had, you know, yep. um, and sales cures all. That's one thing I've learned. So um, we, we now have focused solely on that because sales fixes everything. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, we haven't got into it yet, but the, the lawsuit, we were, you know, yeah, we're going to go there federal, for sure. federal lawsuit for five years. And so there was one point where I thought the lawsuit was going to put us out of business. So actually talk about that. Cause that's, yeah. that's a story you and I uh, connected a couple of weeks ago and you were talking, you, you, your business partner, Tyler was there and you were talking about that moment when, and we'll get into the lawsuit when you kind of, I think were first notified that there was a lawsuit mm -hmm. and, and it kind of paint the picture. I think you guys were right outside the shop. It was after a yeah. long day and I think you guys had to have a very long, hard, deep conversation about For where sure. this thing's going. Yeah. So a bunch of those, but, um, we, we got a cease and desist from Hamilton watch company, which is a, a subsidiary of the Swatch group, which is the world's largest watch conglomerate. We got a cease and desist from them in to mid 2015 because, you know, we take old pocket watches, tournament wrist watches. Some of them say Hamilton on the dial, like on the face of the watch. And um, they thought we were using their name to make money. Um, and so they sued us. And that lawsuit um, went on and on and on for years. Um, and, and finally, we won. Um, on September 11th, 2020, um, while you and I are playing golf, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> on hole number 18, to yeah, be honest on, with you. <laughs> on hole 18, we got the email. I was like, oh, all right, let's go drink. But, um, but yeah, we, um, you know, it, it was very bad that whole time until that day. <laughs> so well, we could have, the, the hard part about a lawsuit, a federal lawsuit especially, um, that had, it had my personal name on it, not yeah. even just, just the yeah. company's name is that any time during that five year period, had we lost the lawsuit, I would have lost everything I was working on and building that whole time. 
And so the word anxiety is the closest I've gotten to that feeling um, of just this weight on you the whole time. And on that day, when we found out we won, just, I am a new person, yeah. <laughs> you know, and my team tells me this the last couple of weeks, I've like, they're like, are you happy? Cause this is, this is weird. You know, <laughs> this is a different RT than we know. And, and it's true. Like I've been in a mental war with myself and everything. Yeah. Um, asking myself, why are we still fighting this the whole time? Well, and that's a, a really great point because again, I don't think you can understate what happened. Swatch. How much? What, how, ten, ten billion dollar ten company last billion. year. Revenue, thirty six thousand employees. Yeah, um, we're talking about Goliath <laughs> here. Yeah, coming after. Uh, at this point, still, we could probably say a small watch shop, watch company out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Which, yeah. when you talk about their resources <laughs> versus Fortix resources, it's it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. And I think most people, if that would have happened to them, probably at some point in my life, myself included, people would have crumbled. Like they get the cease and desist letter from a company like Swatch, the Goliath. Yeah. Yes, sir. Whatever you need. Whatever. And so what, what was sure. that mindset you had that allowed you quite frankly to be David taking on Goliath? Yeah. Um, at first, um, it was complete, um, I would say almost like arrogance. Like I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I would say that's my answer for like, why'd you start a watch company? Why'd you start a company in the beginning? Like, had I known all the work that it would take to build a company, regardless of the lawsuit, would I have done it? I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's a lot. And it's almost that just you have these blinders on where it's just like the thing in front of you is awesome. And all these other things, like, I don't know what's going to happen. So, so yeah, at first, honestly, we, we thought it was a miscommunication a misunderstanding, you know, it's like we were three guys in a 800 square foot office building getting sued by this massive company. And so we're just like, okay, we, like we clearly did something that made you mad. Like, can we figure that out? Like there's gotta be a way. And then across years of, of conversations with them, we realized that, in my opinion, they were basically just suing us to, to get rid of us. Um, and, and that, that became my new, um, driving factor, which is, you know, innocent till proven guilty, right? They had to prove that we were guilty. Yes. Unfortunately, I had to pay to defend myself, um, a lot of money and a lot of time, but I knew we were innocent. I knew we never did anything wrong. Um, and they accused us of trademark infringement and counterfeiting. Um, trademark infringement is, you know, a very in-depth topic, but, um, basically they accused us of using their name to make money, which was not true. You know, yes, their name was on the front of these watches, but that's not why it was there. It was there because it's an original antique. So there, I, I thought we were covered and then, uh, counterfeiting. I was just like, oh yeah, we're, we're not, we're not making something and calling it a Hamilton. We're making this wristwatch conversion system and taking Hamilton pocket watch and turning into wristwatch. That's clearly not counterfeiting. That doesn't make any sense. So it was really just the, the fact that I was like, we were right. We would never been wrong. So why should I let us lose when we never did anything wrong? Yeah. Because it's a lesson I often teach with coaching, especially for people, businesses who know they need to kind of put themselves out there. And when you put yourselves out there, out, put yourself out there and you know you're doing the right thing, you're going to have your doubters, your judgers. In this case, it was a company trying to put you out of business. Yeah. 
but that's when you have to keep plowing forward mm -hmm. because it's so easy. Yours was on a much grander scale, but for somebody even that's just trying to put themselves out and promote their brand. Yeah. Second, they get a negative comment. They're done. Yeah. They don't plow so, forward. In your case, again, we're talking about a lot of money, lives at stake, you know, livelihoods at stake. But you said, Hey, there's somebody who wants us to go out of business. That probably means we're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I didn't so, look at it like that, but certain. certain but you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, looking sure. back, you may be yeah. able to think, I'm sure right in the moment, you're like, that's the last thing I was yeah, exactly. thinking about. Yeah. But now looking back, you're like, it's probably because we were doing something right. We're a threat. They want us out. It's We have to keep plowing forward because we know what we're doing is right. For sure. Yep. Um, so, so yeah. And, and on that note, you know, you, you have people that say negative things like comments on the internet are always hard, but then. Yeah. Um, you have to think about all the people that say positive things and all the people that love you and love what you're doing and want to support you. And I, I you know, I've, through this whole time, I've had a great team, um, you know, starting with my business partner, Tyler, who yep. has just, you know, really taken the brunt of the day to day operations of mm -hmm. things so that I can focus on, on not only growing the company and doing all the things the CEO does, but also focus on the lawsuit and just take the weight of the lawsuit for the whole team. Um, so he's really enabled me to do that. And then obviously we've across years had lots of different team members yeah. and a great core team right now. Um, and then obviously our, you know, our families and, and other support structures helped um, immensely in many ways. Um, but, but it was a roller coaster. I mean, uh, it was less than a year ago. I was sitting in the parking lot of our facility after a hard conversation with Tyler. And I think that's what you were talking about where, um, you know, we were having some financial difficulties. We lost, uh, uh lost a good employee, lost a couple employees. We were going to have to make some significant changes in the business model almost mm -hmm. to, to keep operating. And we just found out that the lawsuit was headed to trial and trials cost six figures usually. Um, and so it would have been easier for us to just give up. Yeah. And just for the sake of having all the information, I Googled best Colorado bankruptcy attorney <laughs> to see how bankruptcies work. Cause I was, I had no idea. I was just like, well, you know, let's, let's explore this option presented to our investors and say, we could do this and fight, or we could just give up. And this is what that looks like. Um, and I got in touch with, with the best Colorado bankruptcy attorney and, um, he's not the attorney you call if you're filing for bankruptcy. He's the one that you call if someone files for bankruptcy and owes you money. Hmm. And he's a litigator that goes after people that like file bankruptcy for no reason to try to, you know, break the system. Yeah. And he explained that to me and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry for wasting your time. And he's like, no, you know, after hearing your story, I think you need help. I don't think you need to file bankruptcy. I think you just need someone to believe in you and fight for you. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, do you know anybody? And he was like, this guy with two thumbs, let's do this. <laughs> and, and his name is Rob. And he just, I mean, he saved the company. Like wow. I was ready to, to give up and, and this attorney believed in us. And, um, and you know, he worked for free for months and months, um, flew to New York city and defended us in federal court. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we won. So speaks for the results are there. <laughs> well, I, I, again, having not been a part of, of that lawsuit and not knowing what the emotions were you were going through, but standing on hole number 18 mm. <laughs> when you got that email. Yep. And I literally remember seeing your handshake with the phone, with the, the uh, phone in like, your hand. Yeah. <laughs> what is, you know, now looking forward yeah. with how, so many years of that slight has, you literally couldn't make Hamilton watches during that time. Right. Yeah. Um, now that the trial's behind you, 
the lawsuits behind you, you're won, you've won, you're clear. What's changed? Um, it's that, um, that anxiety is gone. Um, Self-doubt is gone. Um, like I've always told myself what, what my dad said. My dad always said, you can do anything you put your mind to. I tell my sons that, you know, and they're little, so they, they still don't get it. But yeah. Sawyer's three and he can repeat it back. He <laughs> says, daddy, I can do anything, period. Right. So that's what I teach my kids. Like I can do anything. And, and now I've always believed that, but now I truly know you that I can it. do anything yeah. because I took on the world's largest watch conglomerate and won. Yep. So, um, I built this company, um, that survived it and um you know done all kinds of little things in between here and there so i know if if i need to raise money again from investors easy no yeah. problem i've done it and i can do it easily now if i need to go get a huge bank loan for sure um this morning i, I talked to the team about which building downtown fort collins we want to buy for our future headquarters of Bortic watch company zero doubt we're going to buy a building you know that is next level building yeah. a company cool stuff and I have zero doubt in my mind that it's all possible now because I mean, we can do anything. Yeah. That's awesome. That's let's wrap this up with some fun. Cause now let's talk about, let's get into the weeds of the business. Heck yeah. There might be people listening right now who goes, okay, you said earlier in the interview, you take pocket watches that are hundred years old, old pocket and you turn them into wristwatches. Kind of tell us a little bit about the history yeah. and then what you're doing. Literally, how are you converting what used to be a pocket watch into a wristwatch? Totally. So, um, the year was 1850. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, long, so between long time ago, between 1850 and 1950, there was ten companies. We call them the Great American Watch Companies, okay. and they were like the the car manufacturers today. Massive companies that everyone knows. Everyone uh, household name would be Elgin or Waltham Watch Company, right? Um, those ten companies made a hundred million pocket watches in that 100 years. So millions and millions of these pocket watches were made um, back in that time frame. We focus on the years 1900 to 1950 um, because after the year 1900, that's when industrialization and mass manufacturing started becoming a thing. And so now if the watch was made after 1900, we can probably find replacement parts for it. And it's, it. it's similar to other ones. It's just more feasible to do what we do. And so, um, those were all back then pocket watches. Mm -hmm. The wrist watch kind of became a thing after the world wars. Um, so that's why we, you know, all those pocket watch companies either switched to wristwatch manufacturing or went out of business around 1950. Um, so we take those pocket watches that were made by the great American watch companies and turn them into wristwatches, but it all starts with the movement. So that's the guts, all the gears and springs that make it tell time the dial, the face of the watch, and then the hands that tell you the time. That's what we use. The rest of a pocket watch, the gold or silver case, the glass, all that stuff, a lot of time that is scrapped by pawn shops or gold and silver dealers. <clears throat> they melt down the gold or silver, the case, yep. and the guts of the watch are trash to those people. And so we work with auctioneers, estate buyers, and things like that to buy hundreds of these pocket watches that literally don't have a case or a home anymore. Um, and then we restore them. So meticulously take every single part and gear and spring and screw out and clean them and oil them, put them back together, make them tell time again. Mm -hmm. And then we manufacture the case to preserve it. 
you know, wrap around it, the crown that you use to wind it and set it, and then all the other little parts, including the leather and the buckle to keep it on your wrist. Um, so everything inside is old, everything outside is new. Well, speaking of your wrist, the watch mm -hmm. on your wrist showing the end of the camera here, those watching, you've, you know, you and I are talking, it's September 29th. This episode will go out first week of October, and you've got a really cool initiative going on right now. You started it last year, mm -hmm. military edition. Why yeah. don't you talk a little bit about that? I think it's so cool what you guys are doing this time of year. Yeah, so this watch is one of the first edition, uh, military edition watches, and um, it says GCT on the front. And so GCT was um, uh, Greenwich Civil Time. Um, and that was the standard European time zone for the Allied forces in World War II. Um, it's a true 24-hour dial. So, you know, right now it's kind of weird when you look at it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, 1340, right, or 140. Um, and this was a pocket watch that was flown on all the B-bombers um, in World War II. So it's called the Master Navigator's Pocket Watch. And if you were a navigator on one of those flying fortresses, you had one of these as your tool to tell the time and then therefore see where you are uh, navigation wise. Um, so we, same deal with these, we save the inside of them and then we make the case and the crown and everything else on the outside. Uh, and they made about a hundred thousand of these for World War II. And so we can, we can find about 50 of them a year. So we do a 50 piece limited edition set once a year comes out on Veterans Day. And then $500 from the sale of each watch goes to our favorite nonprofit, which is the Veterans Watchmaker Initiative. And they teach US military vets how to become watchmakers, um, which is obviously a, a literally a dying trade um, and a skilled trade that we really need. Which you had a cool honor. I believe it was the, the, the Veterans War, uh, yep. Watch Initiative actually recently named a building after you. Yep. How many, how many, how are you? 28, 29? 29. How many 29 yeah. year olds have a freaking building named after that? <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool and definitely did not expect that. I, I was there to do a check presentation for our first. So, you know, last year we, uh, we sold out of the 50 almost right away um, and, and raised $25,000 for the school. Um, and I, I was planning on flying out there to, um, to give them that check and do a check presentation and talk to them about how they're using the money and plan this year's launch and all that stuff. And then, you know, I lost my mom and COVID happened and life happened. And so I actually ended up going out there in August. Um, and yeah, when I got there, I, I gave them the check, we did the whole thing. And then they pointed to a new building that was being built right next door. And they said, that's going to be yours and held up a plaque with my name on it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I usually have plenty to say and I had that thing. They, they got me. Um, and my team helped and they, you know, they put it together and they all knew it was coming and, you know, um, they didn't tell me it was total surprise. And that's awesome. man. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's obviously a great honor, but, um, you know, they're the ones doing the work. So yeah, no, that's, uh, that's just congratulations. Like I said, many people work their lives and at the end, maybe leave a legacy that includes a name on a building. You haven't even hit 30 yet. And yeah, that's already happened. I so need a, need a new goal for the vision board. <laughs> uh, in fact, I remember <laughs> talk about manifesting. Yeah. Uh, you and I had a beer and it was like two maybe years. a year ago, not even two years ago. And you said, you made a comment to me. It's so funny. You said, one of the things I want to do in my life is leave a legacy. And I would love to have a building named after me. Yep. And you had no idea at that point that this was coming. I think you or somebody asked me um, 
what's your definition of success? That you might know? have, yeah, you're right. And and that was that was I think my answer, which is with the deck, like if you are a successful human, yep, you get your name on a building. Not you didn't pay for it to be there, and you built it and put your name on it. It's like someone honors you by putting yep, your name on their building. That's um, awesome. And, and yeah, it happened. So yeah, manifestation, karma, whatever, chalk it, <laughs> chalk it up to whatever you want. Um, it happened and, and yeah, I just need a new life goal now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And that we're always setting new goals, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you said your watch is a military edition because this, this podcast will literally air October 6th, yep. which will give you the people about a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, limited edition comes out on veterans day. Yep. If somebody said, Hey, I want in, I want to watch what's the best way for them to reach you. Um, so they would join the waiting list, um, and that's vorticwatches.com slash military. Um, and there's just a, an email list and you'll get an email at 8 a.m. Mountain time on veterans day. And it's first come first serve by it or don't. Um, last year we sold out in eight hours this year we have, and we had last year we had 350 people on the waiting list. Um, this year we have 3000 people as of right now. So um, we're expecting to sell out um, and we're not sure what to do about that, but um, it kind of is what it is. It's one of those good problems that um, just got to get on the list and then be ready to buy. Awesome. Um, they're, our, they're our most expensive watch. It's $6,000. Um, so it's not for everybody, but um, there's only 50. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing. That's awesome, man. Let's finish with this question. Uh, going all the way back to the conversation you and Tyler had on a golf course in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. There's an entrepreneur listening in who has an idea uh, sitting in their head and they're not sure if it's the right idea. They're not sure if it's the right time given everything we're going through. What advice would you give them? Um, I would say find someone else out there. Cause there's a lot of people in the world and there's a lot of unique ideas, but almost no idea is totally unique. So find someone else in the world that does something at least really similar to what you want to do and, you know, reach out to them in every way you possibly can offer everything you can, you know, offer to buy them coffee, buy them dinner, send them a prototype, whatever, and just say, basically do whatever you can to, to pick their brain and ask them for advice. Um, because, when I look back on it, all the times that I've made huge decisions like life changing or career changing decisions, I've done that. And I've, I've asked, you know, people that have done it before what they thought. And, um, every single time I got, I got amazing advice, um, for free. I mean, I don't think I ever paid for any of that. I never had a business consultant or a coach or anything. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like, but seriously, like it's, there's, there's so many people that will pick up the phone and spend 10 minutes, especially with, with a person that, that, you know, it's not a competitor. It's just something that seeking know, they advice. can help, right? Yeah. People love to help other people um, even when they're busy. So yeah, just ask for advice and, and that will be definitely beneficial um, even if it takes a while to get it. Yeah. Well, I can tell you as an avid wearer of a Vortic watch myself with the holiday seasons coming up, if you're looking for a gift for a loved one, your husband, your kids, uh, mother, father, these watches are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I can tell you, I can't tell you how many conversations wearing this has started when somebody sees it and they go, what in the heck is that? And yours is really cool. Totally conversation starter. Even just the, the gold crown on top of yep. people are like, oh, the crown's at the top. It must be a pocket watch, you know, and that's, yep. and they that's see that crown and they don't, 
put two and two together so they want to know more. So yeah. reach out to RT, reach out to his team. These watches are fantastic. They've got the military edition coming out. So get on that waiting list ASAP. And again, if you're out there right now, I hope one thing RT has taught you is it's about action. It's about taking action. If you have an idea, act on it. And when others try to knock you down, in his case, literally put you out of business, yeah. don't let it stop you. Keep plowing forward. If you know you're doing it for the right reasons, you will come out ahead in the end. And you remember, when clarity, uh, clarity and confidence collide, action happens. Go make it happen today. Shift your mindset. Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor. Share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.